last night, also fabulous. Also, I recommend buying that tape. And um, we have Rebecca, who will be our spiritual Sunday morning um, speaker, our AA speaker, Rebecca W. from um, Klamath Falls. So the way this is going to work is we have a mic that I'm going to hand to our panel. We're going to go down the table, and the Al-Anons will go first, which I love as an Al-Anon. <laughs> so, because I like to have the last word. They're going to have the first word. Um, so they will go first, and they'll each speak for about five to seven minutes, about five minutes-ish, um, on the three legacies, and they can, uh, we didn't give them a lot of uh, direction. They can talk about one of the legacies, unity, service, or recovery, or all three, or however they'd like to do that. We're going to go down the table, about five minutes each, and then we'll open it to the floor. And this is what I love, is that we'll take questions from all of you, and then you can ask a panel member, or all of them, or some of them, and then they will answer those questions and um, spark a discussion, I hope. So I'm going to start with Barb. Thank you. Good morning. So I'm going to relate unity and service to my story from last night. Uh, I have been very active in service. I've been in Al-Anon, even though I've been in Al-Anon three different times, I really consider being in Al-Anon just my most recent time because I really got immersed in all of the suggestions of the program this most recent time. And specifically, I mean in service. And as a result of that, I feel like I've had the most growth because I've been in service. Uh, I tried to be a GR in one meeting, and uh, saw some of my character defects coming out of trying to control and being afraid to speak up and, um, and then being a victim about it. Uh, and I quit that meeting just like I quit my first relationship and I ran clear across the town to go to a different meeting. Um, and. I didn't give up on trying to be of service. I kept hunting for another meeting, and I did find another meeting to be a GR of. And being a GR has taken my recovery to another level in that working the steps, uh, as I shared last night, helped me to discover a higher power. But service has helped me to discover character defects that I have as a result of the disease of alcoholism that I had no plan for how to handle. For instance, um, at business meetings, everybody gets to speak their opinion, just like in a meeting. And that's one of the gifts that everybody is given three or however long the meeting is timed or not, of uninterrupted time to speak. And that's true at a business meeting as well. But at a business meeting, there is opinions that are flying around about what's right and wrong. And what I discovered about myself uh, was that because I was in an alcoholic relationship where I would get beaten if I disagreed or said something too heated to my partner that I was terrified 
of disagreement. And I did not have models when I was growing up uh, for how to deal with that. And I want to be able to be in a society and in a community where it's okay for us to disagree. And I want to learn how to do that respectfully. And I want to, um, what I also learned about myself is that it was so hard and so scary for me to step up and have my opinion that I would do that and then I would shut the door on listening because um, I, it, it just took all of my emotional energy to say what I thought. I couldn't listen. And so the 12 traditions have really guided me as I work them in service of how to speak up. I even have started to dip my toe into the 12 concepts of service. One of the concepts is that participation is the key to harmony. And to me, that says that I should be speaking up. I should be putting my voice out there. And one of the other concepts, concept number five, is that the rights of appeal and petition protect minorities and ensure that they be heard. And I needed to read it in writing that actually, even if I disagreed with you, my opinion is important. Because I didn't know that. Like, if I disagreed with you, I should shut up and I should go along to get along, right? So one of the most powerful things for me in service is even if everybody else in the whip around, when it goes around and everybody speaks their mind, if I disagree in a little tiny bit, it is me practicing my recovery just to say I disagree. Even if nothing happens as a result, I'm just going to practice disagreeing. <laughs> yeah! Okay, so... Because the rights of appeal and petition protect minorities. Now, that carries on to the next step, the 12th tradition, which says our common welfare should come first. And personal progress for the greatest number depends upon unity. To me, unity and the principle of unity is that recovery is that Al-Anon is not just for me. If it was just for me, then I wouldn't have received it because the people who were there before me have made the space for me to be able to talk. And so at a business meeting or anywhere I go, I need to make space and be respectful of people who disagree with me and to hear their opinions. So our common welfare, even if there is somebody in a business meeting who it's really hard for me to listen to because of their personality, the principle of unity brings me back to the idea that we are all important and that I should be doing my damn best to listen. And I'll tell you that that has come up for us in our um, in my home group, which I just finished a three-year term of being a GR. Um, and it was really challenging to walk, walk through disagreement in which there was a member who really did not feel heard. Um, and I don't know whether that's all resolved, but uh, I feel like we, we did our best and I did my best, and I'm hoping that God is with that person as well, that they will keep coming back.
Uh, at the, I haven't been timing myself. Is that five minutes? I wanna, I'll wrap it up with a little bit more. So being a GR, <laughs> I'm practicing. <laughs> so um, being a GR uh, is practicing having my voice in a small little group as, of a business meeting, but it's also practicing having my voice at an area assembly where all of the GRs from all across the Oregon area come. And again, whoo, I got up there and I tried to have my voice and my voice shook and it quivered and I was pissed because I felt like I was not heard. And I, you know, it was my first experience and, um, and actually I ran away from service at that level, just like I did when I tried to be a GR at a group and it didn't go very well, I ran away. But my heart is an Al-Anon. Like, I am so much of a better person and in alignment with who I want to be. Like, I know who I want to be today. That, and, and this is the pathway to getting there. And the three legacies is like this amazing wealth of information. And I don't even know the amount of depth that there is because I just keep peeling one layer after another. But like it was said in the opening of actually AA, you know, if I give myself to the program and I really immerse myself in it, the riches are so unfathomable. And um, so I'm really grateful to be here, and thanks for listening. Hi, everybody. I'm Leanne. And for some reason, at this Summerfest, I have to follow Barb all the time. <laughs> she's, uh, she's amazing. She's amazing. Um, when I went to my first meeting and I heard the steps for the first time, uh, I, I was, I almost left, because you said I was going to have to, what was it, you, you do a searching and fearless moral inventory, and then you tell yourself and God and one other person, well, I was never going to tell anybody the secrets that I had, and I was afraid that this program, I was out, you know, I was out, but I kept listening, because I couldn't walk out in the middle of the meeting, that would be like too attention-getting. So I listened to the traditions, and somebody said the fifth tradition, which says we have but one purpose, to offer comfort and help support to the friends and families of alcoholics, right? That's our tradition five. And, as far, and we do this by practicing the 12 steps of AA ourselves. And I heard that, and all of a sudden I belonged again, I, because I loved an alcoholic. And uh, so that made it that, well, finally the clincher was in our closing, which says take what you liked and leave the rest. Well, I was going to take the comfort and the support, and I was going to, you know, s screw that fifth step, you know, forget it. I'm never telling anybody anything. Um, now, I've been around here a little while, and uh, I have taken a fifth step. And it's, uh, it was very liberating. And it propelled me into, um, oh well, I started uh, Al-Anon and Eugene uh, close to 30 years ago now, maybe something like that. 
And uh, after a couple of years, my then wonderful uh, alcoholic husband uh, drank up every job he could ever get in Eugene and Springfield, and we ended up going to California. And so I, you know, two or three years in, I'm, I'm, I'm going to meetings, seeing, meeting new people. Uh, we were really active in an Alano club in Santa Paula, California. And then in South Lake Tahoe, we did a lot of things, and including a couples group and all that stuff. I, was, I really had you know, some really great experiences. But when I finally uh, got a divorce, I came back here. And I did what Barb was talking about. I wanted to give myself to the program. And, you know, it could have gone the other way. I could have gone, you know, geez, we did all this work, and we did, uh, you know, I, I tried so hard, and the damned alcoholic still left me, you know, still broke up my family. And instead, I thought, you know, part of this is my responsibility. You know, a guy doesn't walk out on a marriage unless he's really unhappy. And I knew that if I came back to Eugene, back to where it all started, and threw myself into the program, gave myself to the program, that I would find some answers. And um, I did. I'll talk about that later on when I give my chance to share. But I also reconnected with my first sponsor. And um, she, she's a service hog, you know? <laughs> and I found myself doing things uh, doing things I didn't ever imagine. You know, in fact, I remember thinking that my ideal of hell, you know, my picture of hell, is sitting in a business meeting with a lot of women, <laughs> you know? But I became uh, a GR and then later a liaison, uh, AIS liaison, and I've chaired AIS, and I'm currently the district representative for District 6. And this all progressed to this point, and you know, I never did a really great job at any of those things, you know, uh, which was really scary when I was the treasurer for District 6. <laughs> but, uh, you know, fortunately, uh, I always had help. And um, being in service has definitely led me uh, down paths I never would have taken. And now I'm, I'm here today, and I'm the district rep, for God's sakes. What were you thinking, people? You know? <laughs> um, so what do I know about concepts? I know that, uh, I do know that participation is the key to harmony. And that people, you know, and participation doesn't mean that you just come in, poop out your opinion about something, and then disappear. You know? Participation is being involved, and is taking the time to understand everybody's point of view and still keep your own. And so I've learned a lot about that. And, um, and one of the best things I've learned about being in Al-Anon is that I, believe it or not, am a natural leader. I don't particularly like doing it. Well, actually, I do kind of like it. <laughs> but I'm not, and you know, Sitting back and being the wallflower I was when I first got here, and nobody can believe this, but for months and months and months, I said, my name is Leanne and I pass. No one can believe that, because I'll walk you out to the parking lot and tell you what's what, you know, and keep you busy for a long time. But back then, I was too shy. I was afraid of being different. I was afraid of making a mistake. I was just afraid. And um, my experience in Al-Anon has been one of uncovering and discovering that I have leadership qualities, that I'm not as afraid as I think I am, 
And this is the perfect laboratory to let these natural talents come out in because, uh, well, you know, I knew from a long time ago that I was really attracted to the alcoholic personality and to the disease. And uh, I might as well be attracted to the folks that are in recovery. So thanks a lot, and um, I'm going to let you go, or whoever go, Allison. <laughs> Hi, I'm Allison. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, I'm already just so filled with recovery stuff right now. And I love Al-Anon, too. Um, I've gotten a lot of my strength and hope from Al-Anon and Al-Anon speakers as well. AA is my, my home program, but I've visited probably all of the ones that are available in this country anyway. Um, so I, what a great topic. I, I love this. I love talking about the um, the relationship between recovery, unity, and service. And you know, there's a quote by a non-program guy, Baba Ram Das, who says, "We're all just walking each other home." And I love that because you know, my experience has been that when I came in here, people reached out their hands to me and said, "You know, come along with us. We're, you're going to be okay." And and I get to do that too when new people come in, or even just people that are from different areas, you know, I can reach out my hand and say, yeah, come along, you're going to be okay. We all get to do this together. And um, in, in, my, in my previous life, doing anything together with anybody was horrifying. I, I'm very much by nature a loner and an introvert, but it's weird because I'm a very gregarious introvert, so I'll talk to you forever, but, you know, don't, but leave me alone. It's very weird. Um, so, so being of service was very frightening to me. Um, fear being, you know, sort of my my foundation for making decisions. Um, again, prior to recovery, everything was based on fear. And being of service to you was frightening because you might want something from me and I might not have it. I might not be able to give it or I might disappoint you when I give it wrong or something like that. And um, or you just might want too much and I'm tired and I have to go home now. There's that. So, so the challenge for me was in, in just sort of stepping up. That participation piece is so important because what I've learned is that when I am active and engaged and I participate and I hang out with you, I get better, I feel better, I grow, I have more to give, and then when I give more, I receive more, and it's just this lovely sort of daisy chain that happens in recovery. And, um, you know, in, in our first tradition where it says uh, in personal recovery depends upon AA unity, right? So for me to be selfish and just try to do this by myself isn't going to work. I tried all kinds of stuff by myself before I got here, and I see how that worked. That's how I got here. And... Um, and, and the fear thing, somebody told me one time that the thing I'm most afraid of is the thing I get to do next. And of course that frightened me. Um, but, but what I've found is now that when I find that I'm afraid of something, I get kind of excited. It's like, oh, goody, now I know what I'm going to do next, you know? And, um, and so I love that I've grown to, to the extent that 
while I am still selfish and I still want my way, I've learned that I am okay when I don't get my way and I get kind of excited because I know something probably better is coming along and that's been my experience all the way in recovery that um, when, when I find myself annoyed or irritated or even very angry that I didn't get my way, that if I just wait, that something so much better than that seems to unfold. And when I hang out with you guys, I get to have a sense of joy. I love the topic of this, this, this Summerfest this year, too, the joy of living, because I didn't have that when I got here, you know. And just being with you... The unity that we have, and it doesn't matter what program we're in, you know, the, the recovery piece is the 12 steps. And that's the thing that we share, and that's the thing that transforms all of us. And so we get to be together, and there's so much joy in that connection, the connection of, uh, of the unity, the, the recovery, the service. And, and the thing about service, too, is it doesn't have to be just within the program. I've done a lot of service in the program. I've been secretary. I've been chairperson. I've been on committees. I've, I've been on the, the advisory council for the International Women's Conference. I've, I've, I'm the grapevine representative currently of my home group. I love being of service within the program. But being of service is also carrying the message of essentially the joy of living no matter where I go. So if I go to Fred Meyer and I'm standing in line and the cashier is looking harried, you know, I can smile and say, have a good day. That's being of service. They're just smiling at someone when they're walking down the street. That's being of service. And, and there are so many ways to show up in the world now that I'm capable of showing up in the world and not causing chaos, you know, because I did. Um, I don't cause chaos anymore, and I often leave people smiling when I leave, and I didn't used to do that. Um, so the, the gratitude that I feel for the opportunity to be of service is amazing. And uh, one of my, my friends in the program was um, listening to me complain one day about some service work that I was doing, and because uh, it was inconvenient. And she said, well, if it was convenient, would it really be service? <laughs> so I kind of went, oh, never mind. <laughs> But I love that she shared that with me because anytime I'm feeling inconvenienced, I get to just get myself out of the way and give freely, knowing that it's you know the, the results are not in my hands. The results are in the hands of God and, and the universe. So I think that's about it. Thank you. Hi, I'm Danny. I'm an alcoholic. <clears throat> I'm going to stand so I'm not buried back there. Okay. Um, yeah, so you've probably noticed we have this circle and this triangle, right, that we paint and put and print on things and sell to anybody that'll buy them, like me. And so it's an ancient symbol, right, for mind, body, and spirit. Therein lies a whole human being. And, and in 1955, we adopted it. It's a nice word, adopted, right? We kind of snatched it and, re and we put it on the second, I believe it appeared on the second edition of the big book the first time, right? Any historians in here? No? Okay, I know it's early. And so uh, we unveiled it at the 1955 conference 
and we uh, renamed those sides of the triangles unity, recovery, and service. And uh, so unity, unity is the first side of the triangle. The reason that I know that um, I drank is because I never felt a part of. I always felt disconnected, and I always so wanted desperately to have a connection. And so the first side of the triangle is unity. Unity is the body, I bring it to a meeting. And even if I'm sitting in the very back and I come in 10 minutes late so I don't have to talk to the greeters. Ugh, greeters. And I can leave 20 minutes early so I don't have to pray with you because that's how I was when I was new. But if I can sit all the way back and while somebody's talking, if I'm just willing to at least try to think, you know what, I felt like that. I felt like that. And I can, I can create a little unity because, you know, the name of our book was going to be A Way Out, right? And I need to find a way in. I need to find a way into Alcoholics Anonymous because I have a brain that is looking for the differences and is looking for a way to leave the room, right? So <clears throat> I had such a hard time, you know, in the meetings when they're real social and the people could just chit chat. Without a margarita, people could chit chat. How do you do that? You know, can't you see how uncomfortable I am? But people could do it. And so I, I had created this, uh, uh, a commitment for myself. Nobody knew about it. My sponsor didn't know about it. Nobody knew I was doing it. And at my Sunday night meeting in Burbank, I, I became the last man to leave. So at the end of the meeting, you know, when people would break into these little tiny little clicks of, you know, he, he, ha, 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 talking. And I would just, I had no idea how to have a conversation. You know, I'm either like putting on a show or uh, totally bombarding and being uh, inappropriate. And so for the first time, I would just join their little circle. And when they laughed, <laughs> I would laugh. And when that little circle disbanded, I would go find another little circle. And unless it was, of course, like a sponsor and a sponsee having an intimate conversation, I would wait. I would wait if it took two hours. I, and I did that for six months. And I learned how to start becoming a part of, right? Because <clears throat> that's what I need. It says, the first tradition says that my, my personal recovery depends upon how good can I get along with you here. And I can take that out to wherever I'm at, to be, you know, I can have a connection with somebody stuck on the 405 freeway, just look over and smile. And if they smile back, there's a little unity going right there, right? I'm finally having this connection that I never had before. And it's so easy, so much easier to be the water instead of the rock, you know? So unity is the body, I bring it to a meeting, recoveries of the mind, I gotta work the 12 steps. I gotta relieve myself of the obsession uh, to drink. And so I do that with the steps. And having had a spiritual awakening, as a result of these steps, I get to close that triangle. I get to finally no longer be a burden. I can be help. How can I help? How can I be helpful? I don't know about you, but the reason that I, I drank was so I could feel better. And now in my sobriety, being kind feels good. It's why I, it's why I like to do that. Um, it's, it's not really rocket science, is it? 
right? The secret around here, I mean, is the constant thought of others. I mean, it's the, it, go, it all goes back to these basics, right, of contrary action. Page 62 in our, I think tonight, by the way, when we do the raffle, right, we should give, you know how the, the uh, person with the longest sobriety gives the person with the least sobriety a big book? I think we should totally give them that book. <laughs> and I think we should tell them we expect them to have it read by tomorrow. Here's your highlighter. <laughs> but on page 62 of that book, it tells me what my problem is. That selfish self-centeredness, that is my problem. So what is the contrary action to selfish self-centeredness? The third side of the triangle, being of service. When I'm being of service to you, I am not in my problem. And uh, I'll, we'll talk more tonight. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Dan. My name is Hicks, I'm an alcoholic. We're rebels without a clue, right? <laughs> oh, the three legacies, recovery, unity, and service. You know, I told you that I went to a Monday night step and tradition study, and I did it for years, and I dreaded the traditions like every Monday night, right? What does this have to do with me? I just want to stop drinking. And they would do three traditions after every third step that we did. But what they did also was they brought it home to me. We moved a lot of people. And when I was new, they didn't ask me. They would say, hey, come here. We're moving so-and-so. So-and-so's going here. Hey, we're doing this. Hey, will you read? Oh, we need somebody to hand out the coins. About a year and a half sober, they said, oh, we need somebody to be a GSR. I said, what's a GSR? <laughs> and I sat down with my sponsor, and I found out what a GSR was. So I got into service without knowing that I was getting into service. And I want you to know that I do not make a G good GSR. I do not make a good secretary. I do not have the personality be, to be of service at that level. And I'm also not a good coffee maker. But I will show up on time with the coffee ready and keep the commitment. And it will keep me sober. And there was a time, I think I was about three years sober, and it was Christmas time. I'd gone to a big book study. I was on my way home. I don't know how it happened, but I had a little money in my pocket, and I was passing one of those great big carry-out gas stations with the neon lights. And my mind said, I should just stop in there and rent three movies and get a couple bottles of wine. What good is it anyway? I'm going home to an empty house on Christmas Eve. Nothing's really changed. And then I thought, oh, God, I committed to chair that Sunday morning breakfast meeting the next morning. If I drink tonight, I got to go in there and tell them that I, with one day of sobriety. I don't want to do that. My pride's not going to let me do that. So I made a deal with myself. I wasn't going to drink that night because I had that commitment the next morning. And the deal was, it was a month-long commitment. If I still felt that way at the end of the month, I was going to drink. Well, I totally forgot what I was feeling, and I didn't drink just one more day. And that was all by accident. Not because I read a service manual, not because I really, you know, believed in the traditions. It's they tricked me into being of service. <laughs> They taught me to apply the traditions to my personal life, 
I have a sponsor that does uh, traditions and relationships. And I've learned by the best bad examples there can be in Alcoholics Anonymous. We used to have this old timer, and he liked it. I could always tell when he was going to say something spiritual, because his voice got real soft, and he looked real solemn, and his chin kind of went down, and he made a spiritual statement in the meeting. And then we would go across the street for coffee, and he would rip somebody apart. And I would watch that. And that's how I learned that that has nothing to do with unity. I've seen old timers jump up. Back then, if you said the word drugs in Ohio, there was all this, you know, drama. Jump up, tip over a chair, cuss everybody out, storm out of the meeting. And I learned that had nothing to do with unity. Now today, a little while later, I know that when I gossip about you, it has nothing to do with unity. When I complain about a meeting, it has nothing to do with unity. When I gossip about my partner, it has nothing to do with unity. When I complain about him, it has nothing to do with the unity. How do I take that home to my life? If I can only do it in this meeting, and I can't do it on the freeway, at my job, in my relationships, I'm still just giving lip service to the steps and to the traditions of this program. It's not what I'm saying, it's what I'm doing. And it's what I'm doing when there's a light or a fire lit under my butt. Super easy for me to be spiritual and talk about unity and service and recovery when everything's going my way. And I'm believing in unicorns. But light a fire under my butt. Say something I don't agree with. Do something in the meeting that I don't agree with. And then you're going to see that's where the rubber meets the road in my program. And I have to call my sponsor. And I have the kind of sponsorship that she just tells me like it is, right? She tells me like it is. I don't do group service levels like that anymore. I just got out of a treasurer's position. I never wanted that. And it was a seven day a week, 7 a.m. breakfast meeting. We didn't serve breakfast, but it was an early morning meeting. And it was a lot of money. And I never wanted that kind of responsibility. And I showed up every day. I did it. I complained every day, but I did it. <laughs> and I got out of it and I was able to be of service. Now everything I do, I know is supposed to be about service because that's what's going to keep me sober. If I'm thinking about myself, and I love what Danny said, it's selfishness and self-centeredness was the root of my problem. You take away alcohol and that's who I am. It is contrary to my nature to be of service to you. I want to know what are you going to do for me? It's contrary to my nature to want to even connect with you and be a part of a group. You taught me how to do that. You taught me through the steps and traditions how to be in this room, sit at this table, and be one with you all. I love you all and I pass. Our side is standing up, okay. I'm Rebecca, I'm an alcoholic. Wow, what a great topic. 
You know, um, I was listening to a speaker tape on my way from Klamath Falls, and it was a speaker tape from that 20th conference, 20th year conference. And what they were describing was that, thank you, what they were describing was that that triangle was originally meant to fight off evil spirits. And I thought, wow, how appropriate. You know, it fights off evil spirits. And of course, you know, that's what I felt like I was doing when I got here. So I got here 30 years ago. And when I first got here, I went into this meeting and it was filled with mostly men, mostly smoking, mostly cussing. Uh, and I felt really comfortable with that. And so, um, you know, what they did is they started to guide me and tell me what I needed to be doing. And so they said to me, well, you're now the GSR for the meeting. And I said, oh, okay, I'll do that. I had no idea what that meant. So I started to go to the district meetings. I started showing up. And then the next thing I knew, I was the secretary. And, and then the next thing I knew, I was a DCM. You know, it, it, it was a wonderful part and still is a wonderful part of my sobriety because it, it keeps me around people that are working this program. Um, you know, I ended up being the Southern Oregon Area PI. And so when I was the Southern Oregon Area PI, I moved. And I moved from Klamath Falls to Portland. And that was about a year through my commitment. And so I said, well, you know, I mean, I don't live in Southern Oregon anymore. Do you still want me to be the Southern Oregon PI? And the Oregon area chair said, well, of course, we want you to keep doing that commitment. So then I would travel back to Klamath Falls. I would travel back to Bend. I would go to Roseburg. I, you know, so I traveled to the southern portion of the state. And what that did for me is it kept me connected. So you'll hear in my story tomorrow that I moved here to go to law school at U of O during sobriety. And when I moved here, I didn't have that same connection. So I'd been the GSR, but I sort of let that all go. And what I did instead is I decided, well, I had a very important commitment now, and that very important commitment was to learn how to be a lawyer. And it was a lot more important than going to meetings. It was a lot more important than doing service, and it was certainly more important than doing steps because I didn't have time to do those anymore. And so even though I was here for three years, what you'll hear about tomorrow is I did not go to meetings while I was here. I would go to meetings when I'd visit Clema Falls, but I never connected. And so when I moved to Portland, it was completely different. Um, the end of that story was not pretty. Fortunately, I didn't get drunk, but I did get uh, desperate. And being sober and desperate is never a good place to be. So when I moved to Portland, I had service work. I was working at that area level. And I took that with me. And so I had women that knew me. They knew me from Oregon area. I had a good friend named Ann M. She took me to meetings while I was up there. She uh, took me to a step study that uh, we went to every week. And it, it made that experience a wonderful experience. 
So all I can say is that service work keeps me plugged in. So I have 30 years sobriety today, and not today. No, no, not today. It, I mean, I, I have that. Um, but, but now I'm the secretary in um, our district, and I'm a really